Welcome to Ministry in Motion, where we explore best practices for your ministry in the 21st century. Our topic today, whether you're a pastor, lay leader, or maybe over a large organization, critically important, intentional leadership development. Our guest, Pastor Rafat Kamal. Rafat, it's great to have you with us. Thank you for having me. And not everybody knows you, but you actually have a very strategic leadership position. And I know you're passionate about intentional leadership development. So share with uh, our viewers what your ministry context is. Well, basically, I work uh, as a president of the Trans-European Division. Uh, It represents 22 countries, mostly composed of uh, northern European countries, some central, like Poland and Hungary, and then uh, we have the, uh, the ex-Yugoslavia country, we says, and it goes all the way down to uh, Albania, Cyprus, and Greece. So we, yeah, have, multitude- we have quite a stretch. <laughs> uh, different languages, too. I mean, Correct. that's quite a, a challenge. And you're based in... London, in outside London. London, yes. Okay. So here you are. You've got many pastors and uh, church leaders under your responsibility. You've got a core team that you work with. Uh, share with us uh, why you believe intentional leadership development is important. We, we went through a process for about a year. We call it strategic thinking process. And we met with our uh, leaders. We met with uh, our own executive committee. We brought in together what we call um, 80 front strikers. And we sat down and said, what are the priority areas that we need to focus on for the next five years? And leadership development came as number one priority. Mm. This is a huge issue. It is uh, leadership development at all levels, at the local church level, very important, all the way to the division level. It is not unusual sometimes when we are in in a session uh, that you ask 14 people to be president of a union and then all say no and the number 15 says yes. So we clearly have a need to develop leaders uh, at all levels in different models. And so so are you wanting to start uh, modeling that on the, uh, on the level of your uh, division? Uh, how do you go about, you said you kind of had some conversations, you've determined it's important um, how do you get started with intentional leadership development? That's going to take time, energy, money. It does. And uh, uh, it's interesting that our new team that we brought in, we have a small team. It's the smallest division in the world. We have about 85,000, 86,000 members. Uh, uh, and it's a small team. And uh, out of 10 of our leaders, seven are new. I call them newbies. How do you build a team? And it's interesting, when we came to the general conference session, we were very particular and intentional in choosing these people who fit into this new strategic thinking, new model. And so our emphasis this year is really to build up this team together uh, with the help of uh, many, many. So we're trying to create events and approaches. So we're trying to create that space at the Trans-European Division. I always say we need to get our house in order. So we created space for us to focus on mission. And that is intentional leadership. We're saying we we want to develop a strategic plan. 70% of all your activities need to be mission-based. And so outward focus. Because there's a tendency within uh, the Trans-European Division where we, because of the postmodern, post-Christian culture, that somehow we withdraw to our own churches, to our fortresses, rather than be a blessing Mm -hmm. in the community at large. And that requires some new thinking. 
that requires some new thinking. So we have a, a fantastic team at the Trans-European Division that we're trying to work with, and this team is gelling together. We also created space, space once a month, one whole day. We call it the mission board, where we actually divide in groups, and we deal with these issues. We're saying there are three things that we do in this office. We're an administrative office, naturally because we are a branch of the general conference. We want to do training of trainers, and the other one is develop resources. So almost everything that we do is geared to develop leaders at the different levels. So um, it's a model that uh, we're testing a few things, and it's, it looks like it's already showing fruit. We're not there yet, but we will, we will get there with God's help. So a pastor who might say, well, how does this relate to me? Maybe I've got 10 leaders in my church, and maybe seven of them are new. And uh, as I get started, how would you respond to the complaint? I don't have time for intentional leadership development. We have so much to do. We, we can't waste one day a month. Or do you, do you get any pushback from people about taking time and resources on leadership development? We do. We do quite often. And, uh, but we try to deal with it in a very gentle way, and we try to explain why. For us, leadership, intentional leadership development is an existential issue in the Trans-European Division. Um, and God is raising leaders. God is raising leaders in a mighty way. And uh, there are quite a few distractions in our work, actually, because if you do work in the administration, how do we focus on the things that matter? This is perhaps one of the biggest challenges that we have, because these distractions, they generate that negative energy that can deplete your energy, deplete, distract you. Uh, so we're, we're, we're telling our pastors, look, this is a model that we're trying to follow in the Trans-European Division. We're intentional. We're trying to create space. We're establishing programs to develop leaders. Uh, pl please join us. It's a partnership. We need to work together to achieve the bigger mission of what God has set for us in motion. Well, after the break, I want to talk about some programs, uh, something intentional that you're doing. I'm, I'm again thinking about the local pastor who says... Uh, I know the New Testament tells me I'm not supposed to do it all myself. Uh, I've got to delegate responsibility, Acts 6, to those who have good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit, and full of wisdom. I, I know that, but, but how do I help develop them? And after the break, we'll take a look at how to do that. You may be here saying, I need help. <laughs> I need leaders around me. I can't do this all by myself. But, but how do I go about intentional leadership development? We're going to learn some lessons from Northern Europe and uh, uh, leaders who are trying to not only model that, but replicate that. And hopefully you'll be able to apply those principles in your own ministry. We'll be right back after the break. Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. Our topic today, intentional leadership development. Whether you're a leader of a large organization, a pastor in a local church, or a lay leader, it's important to know how to develop leaders. And our guest, Pastor Rafat Kamal. Rafat, I'm, I'm inspired already. You're modeling this uh, in a, a large organization. You've got 85, 86,000 church members. You've got a small core team of about 10 people. Is that right? Yes. Key people. You talked about creating space.
for leadership development. Talk to me about this day where you go off. What, what do you hope to accomplish during that time that a pastor or a lay leader could also implement in a local church? I think it's so important that we identify areas of priorities and focus for our work. And that would require some serious listening. So what do we do on this day when we meet once a month? Uh, we, we have other meetings, of course. Sure. But that day, the focus is as little introductions as possible. We have a theme that we're focusing on. We divide in groups. And then at the, at the end, we have conclusions, conclusions about our recommendations. That could be on the work of the pastors. How do we partner with the pastors? That could be about burnout. That could be about the importance of our workers and the health of our workers. That could be about mental health. So we create that space. I remember when we had that big meeting with the 80 front strikers. They used to come to me three days in a row and say, are you sure that I can speak my mind? And to so, be completely honest, yes. uh, even with someone who's, in a sense, their, their supervisor or their boss. Yes. Yeah, and so, so I had to repeat three times in a row every day. <laughs> We're here. Please speak your mind. Let's deal with the elephants in the room. There's some issues which are on your mind, and we need to hear them. I have not been always good at listening, but God has put on my heart that in this leadership role that I have in, that I'm in right now, listening is a big deal. And so how do you create that space at different levels, even the local church level? Now, I believe very much at the local church level. I believe there's this pyramid sometimes, artificial pyramid that we have built where uh, the general conference is at the top and the division, they're part of it. I think we need to turn that pyramid around and make the church and church membership, the lay membership, mm -hmm. the focus of what we do. Mm -hmm. That's where the Holy Spirit is present. The Holy Spirit is present everywhere, but the Holy Spirit is especially present at that local level of the church. And if we don't have in our strategic thinking, our planning, if we don't have the local church in mind, then we lost the plot. So we need to create that space at the local church level for people to engage in group discussions, generating the recommendations, developing their plans, developing their KPIs, key performance indicators, and pray a lot about this and move forward. That kind of uh, energy, intentional leadership development at the local church, church level is a big deal. Lay members are a big deal. I always say that uh, you can't fire your members. You need to work with your members. And somehow we need to do a little bit more to identify better methods. How do you mobilize volunteers? Clearly the Holy Spirit is what impresses the minds and hearts that flows in and through and around these people. But I also believe we need to be intentional there. How do you develop steps to mobilize volunteers as a leader? And we need to do a bit more studies about that. But the first step is to pray, to listen, to engage, and allow that space to be open, for people to be open, to engage in the plan and develop the plans from the grassroots. You know, it sounds a bit risky. Um, you, you have to be, if you're serious, you said you had to tell them three times, if you're serious that they can share anything, they might share some things about you as a leader that they don't like. Oh, definitely. Um, that meeting that I talked about with the 80 front strikers, it generated 123 recommendations. <laughs> now, it's frightening. Some of these recommendations are actually frightening to read. And I look at them again and again. And you're right. You get that level of honesty. Uh, so uh, um, so I, I think we need to create that space for us to grow. Because I believe that we need to unlearn and learn. In this intentional leadership process, mm. there needs to be a process of unlearning and mm. learning. Remember Jesus Christ, what he said? He said, you have heard, but I tell you. Mm. There's a process of unlearning. Because it's so easy for us to go into this habit 
of doing things and not stop and pause and say, how's it going? Mm. Is this working? You know, I, I, I read once that uh, um, children, they, make, they ask 125 questions every day. Adults, they ask only six. Mm. And somehow, somehow between childhood and adulthood, we lose, we lose that opportunity to engage, to ask questions. Why are things like that? Not because the things that we've been doing are wrong, but it's good sometimes to pause and say, hmm, let's listen to each other. How can we work better to achieve the mission of the church? Yeah. And that process of creating the space of listening, talking to each other, engaging, is so essential and so important. So one thing, I need to be secure as a leader if I'm going to be intentional about leadership development because I'm going to get feedback, maybe a hundred and how many 25. recommendations? Yes. Oh, 123 recommendations. 123 yeah. recommendations. I, I'm wondering also if there's not a risk when you empower leaders and, and release authority to them that they may not do everything that well. Uh, talk to me about that, just trusting oh. them to... Yeah. do things. I mean, what we're doing at the Trans-European Division as an office, I call it this journey of leadership. There's some things that are, might not go well, but it's a, learn, it's a process of learning from your experience when things don't go well, which is very important. That's how you grow. And I feel in our relationship with God, many times it is the, the process is as important as the outcomes. Mm. And I think for us to, to, to grow. So I, I, whenever people ask me about how's it going at the Trans-European Division, we have so many challenges. We have about 700 pastors. We have a secular postmodern world that we operate in. Some of our pastors haven't had a baptism in 20 years. The spider web's growing. How do you do this in this kind of environment? And I always say, Jesus Christ is building his church. That's what he told Peter. Jesus Christ is building his church. I sleep very well at night. And I thank God. I thank God for the way he's giving us opportunities to grow to unlearn and to learn together. So let's talk. We've got two groups, let's say. We've got the young person coming in who's just like a blank slate, so to speak. Just tell me what I need to learn. Uh, that, that person, that man or woman needs development. There's also the people that have been in a, a groove which becomes a rut, which could become a ditch, um, and motivating them also to develop. Uh, you're wanting it to happen for both. Yes. Um, let, let's talk about the person who's pretty settled in his or her ways. How do you motivate those people? They're the, um, we need this group. This group is very important. But those who are set in their ways doesn't mean that their ways are wrong. But sometimes engaging in the process of listening and that kind of openness can create few waves among this group which is really settled and set in their own ways. And after the break, we'll talk about what we can learn from people who maybe need to not only develop but help others develop. Uh, maybe a little disequilibrium at first, but uh, want to learn how to intentionally develop leaders. We'll be right back with more Ministry in Motion. Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. Our topic today, Intentional Leadership Development. Our guest, Pastor Rafat Kamal. Rafat, um, you've convinced me uh, that intentional leadership development is a crucial part of what any leader does. Uh, but you've got people who've been around for 10, 20, 30 years. Some of them may be uh, older than you. Um, how do you help them to feel safe 
to be honest with you and, and with themselves? Yeah. With any, any process of change, you're always going to get the reaction. There are those who are reluctant to follow, and there are those who, are, um, who jump onto the opportunity and say, yes, we need to do this. I think you also need to follow the same principles of listening, learning from the wisdom of those who have experience, those who have been around in the system, uh, but not give up hope of change and, and not become, uh, not have apathy, not give into apathy. Uh, on the other side of the spectrum, we have the young people who come in full of energy. They want changes happen yesterday. And you've got to work with them as well and coach them. Uh, leadership development is a big deal. It's, it's looking around and say, my role here is not to be on the front. Uh, in 21st century Europe, there's 21st century leadership uh, theories, the reluctant leader, where you're actually working behind the scenes mm. and trying to identify leaders within a local church setting. Mm. I always say, if you're the pastor there in the local church, what can you do to have five more pastors? Yeah. And coach them and train them. If you're the stewardship leader or an elder, what are you doing to raise elders? We have a succession plan in the Trans-European Division. And as soon as the general conference session was over, uh, I started talking to our people. We need to identify five people who can really be trained and replace you, at least five people, by 2020. So succession plan immediately in motion. And so really that's our focus. Our focus is to raise leaders at the grassroots level of the local church to take on this mantle of, of mission and doing things for God. Now, I'm reminded of Jesus. He could have said, I can do this better than anyone. No. And, and that's probably true, <laughs> unlike us, but because we're, we're kind of, I use the expression leaders with a limp. You know, we're, we're imperfect. Yeah. But, but Jesus chose to be very intentional about leadership development. Yeah. Uh, so we find a model there. Now, I want to come to one part where Jesus says, um, make sure you take care of yourself as leaders. Because even, even his young leaders, he said, uh, come apart and rest a while. They didn't ha even have time to eat. Um, how do you help these leaders as you're developing to stay balanced and healthy? Again, back to listening. I create that environment. I'm talking about our office. Uh, create that environment that you meet regularly with your uh, directors or officers. Listen to their needs. Uh, be personal. Your first question, how are you doing? How's it going with your family? And they have permission to say, I'm doing really poorly yes. and I'm very frustrated uh, and, and you're not going to no. fire her or no. judge him. They need to feel safe. As I said, I wasn't always a good listener. <laughs> God has put this on my mind and heart. This is essential to develop that space and the safety for these people to share anything on their mind. Because there's so many distractions. The devil really attacks many of these people and their families. And they become vulnerable. And you need to work with these people to say, how can we be there to support you? We also need to take care of the health. We, we've identified two major issues when it comes to health. One of them is the health of our workers. And we said over the next years now, we're going to focus on the health of the workers. And the second one is mental health. Mm. We've discovered through a couple of research done by our ministerial department and the health director, health ministerial secretary, uh, we discovered that in some places, 30 to 40% of our pastors are burned out. Some of our, their family members are burned out. They're under enormous pressure. And we're saying we want to model in our office uh, some basic principles, simple principles. For example, we will not have meetings after 4.30 mm. in the afternoon. <laughs> we almost, you cannot travel because travel is very taxing on the body. You cannot travel more than 130 days per year. Mm. If your children are sick, etc., we want you to be home. 
with them. Cancel trips. So we're saying focus on yourself, focus on your family. It is so important for you to deliver that exceptional service. Yes. This is really to get the best out of people. You know, that's so different from saying, here's the leader, use her up, use him up, discard them, yeah. and then find another one. You're, you're really, part of leadership development then is, is developing a really balanced, healthy leader who can then mentor others. That's right. Because the pastor's under a lot of pressure. They're shepherds of the flock. And you always have to ask the question, who's the shepherd of the shepherd? Mm. What can we do? So our ministerial department right now at the Trans-European Division is saying we need to have a coaching system. We need to have a support system that they don't, they're not working alone. And many of our pastors actually are working in rural areas alone. And they're facing the, the pressures of the congregations coming and sharing their stories. But we also need to create that space to hear the pastor's story, our worker's story, to make sure that they feel safe and they feel energized and they get the support that they need to do their work. So who helps you? You know, you're, you said you don't want to be at the top of the pyramid. Do you believe the church, the local church, is at the top? Um, it, who helps you to be healthy? I'm constantly looking for coaches who are honest with me. The best coach, I don't share my work, private stuff with my wife. But one of the best coaches I have is in my wife. I can go out and preach a sermon and thank you, brother, pastor. And this was a wonderful <laughs> message. You get in the Your car. Your wife is honest. Yes. You get in the car and she will tell you quickly, you know, look, your introduction was a bit long. Uh, this story, maybe you shouldn't use it in the future. You need these uh, honest coaches in your life who, who really have nothing to gain. There's no agenda. But yeah. they really want you to grow and develop. Someone told me that when you're talking about growing, you need to know that the person loves God and cares about you. Yeah. So this is not trying to gain ground with you. No. And so you need to be selective in your coaches. It's not just somebody with a position. It is somebody that you trust. You have a close working relationship. They're honest with you because they pray for you, because they want you to grow. I'm guessing as they see you being open and transparent and willing to listen, it gives them courage to be honest with you about things that can help you to grow. That's right. And I always believe that God brings people my way to help Rafat from Rafat, to help me grow. Mm. And so they open my eyes to see certain things. Wow, I didn't see it that way. If I said a few words like this, this could really be a different perspective, could lead to a detriment, detrimental uh, relationship between this, me and this other person. The text that comes to my mind, we're almost out of time, but humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. That spirit of humility... And he'll lift you up. He does that uh, through the community, and, and your ministry is more effective. That's right. And as you mentioned, I, I like to call my leadership as leading with a limp. Leading with a limp, it refers to Jacob and the, with the angel. Not perfect. That's right. And so when he went back to meet his brother, he was limping. It is utter dependency on God in your leadership. Walk with him. Rafat, thanks for joining us for Ministry in Motion today. Uh, I've been challenged, I'm sure you have too, as we talk about intentional leadership development, being honest about myself, being willing to listen, being willing to learn, and together becoming all that God has called us to be. I pray you've been blessed. Take some principles, apply them in your local ministry context. May God bless you in your ministry in the name of Jesus.